seated, please. We know very little about the early life of Jesus. Our knowledge starts when he was born in rough and ready circumstances in Bethlehem. But he was worshipped as a king by the wise men from the east. The next time we see Jesus, 12 years have passed. He's in the temple in Jerusalem, thoroughly wrapped up with the spiritual teachers, asking questions and knowing that he had a unique relationship with God. The teachers in the temple saw a boy with amazing spiritual insights. But it was that boy, Jesus, who understood that his connection with God and from God was idiosyncratically his. Then 18 years later, the Jewish people on the banks of the River Jordan saw a maturely young man who had come to be baptised by John the Baptist. And as soon as Jesus went down into the river to be baptised, problems arose for Christians. Why did Jesus undergo John's baptism? After all, John's baptism was a symbolic ritual cleansing washing, an action of turning away from sin and from wrongdoing and following God closely. But Jesus did no sin. Jesus had nothing to repent of. What was going on? We must stop and we must see the life of Jesus as a whole. And it is a series of seeings and understandings. Jesus' life as a whole is a series of epiphanies. There were the wise men at his birth. They were the teachers and they were the teachers of the law in Jesus' 12th year. And now, 18 years later, the people at the River Jordan, they saw a youngish man who was baptised. But it was Jesus and John who understood that Jesus was God's well-beloved son and was soon to deeply be about his father's business as he had had an inkling when he was a lad who got temporarily mislaid in Jerusalem. For all those intervening years, he had remained a village carpenter in Jerusalem, in Nazareth. But he must have known that a day would come when he would say goodbye to Nazareth and go out on his larger task to be on his father's business. He must have waited for some sign that that day had arrived. And when John the Baptist blew in from the desert, and when the people flocked to hear him and to be baptised, there was an unprecedented movement towards God. And when Jesus saw that, he knew that his hour had struck. It's not that he was conscious of sin and of the need to repent. He knew that now he must identify himself with this movement towards God. 
John's emergence was Jesus' call to action. And his first action was to identify himself with the people in their search for God, to be with them in their search for God. The story is told of an older teenage blonde American young man who loved playing gridiron and he was very good at it. But he contracted cancer and the treatment that he underwent resulted in his losing all his hair. He felt sick and he felt weak and his self-esteem had taken a battering with his bald scalp where once his hair had been. One day in hospital, he was told that outside his room, his teammates had come to visit him. He had no desire to see them, what with the way he felt and what with the way he looked. But they were his friends and so he submitted to their visit. Fifteen young men all came into his hospital room. Fifteen young men, all of whom had had their hair completely shaved off right down to the scalp. They themselves were not sick, but they wanted to identify with their friend and buddy in his time of need. It's not a good analogy, but it may help us to understand a little about Jesus' identification with his fellow Jews in their reaching for God through John's baptism. And what's more, Jesus' baptism continued the ongoing manifestation of his real nature, the seeing and understanding, which is what this season of Epiphany is all about. At his birth, angels proclaimed him as a saviour, Christ the Lord. Shortly after his birth, the wise men worshipped him as a king. As a 12-year-old, Jesus realised he had a unique relationship with God. At his baptism, Jesus was assured that he is God's well-beloved son with whom God is well-pleased. Epiphany, discovery, seeing and understanding. Our psalm this morning was a psalm about the voice of God, which was the voice that Jesus heard and John heard at Jesus' baptism. Our Old Testament reading this morning was about God's pleasure in his people and God at Jesus' baptism taking pleasure in him. I wonder, as we look back over the past 12 months or so, what epiphany we have had, what we have discovered about the nature of God and of Jesus for us. Or maybe for us here specifically at St Matthew's Kensington, over the past six months of parochial sorrow, pain, recovery and growth, what epiphany have we received about God and Jesus and about our relationship with him? Have we had an epiphany? Have we epiphanized to make up a word? Have we come to understand that Jesus is our faithful, never-changing saviour who accepts our pain and distress? Have we epiphanised? 
have we come to understand that Jesus is our loving, always caring saviour who heals our hurts and our tears? Have we epiphanized? Have we come to understand that Jesus is our gracious, ever patient saviour who helps us turn our eyes from what is behind to what lies before us? Have we epiphanized? Have we come to understand that Jesus is our healing, never failing saviour who has turned our tears into laughter? Have we epiphanized? Have we come to understand that Jesus is our constant, always present saviour who has given us a future of hope and expectation? Have we epiphanized? Have we come to understand that Jesus is our strengthening, ever-present saviour who has led us into a time of positive growth and a time of encouraging expansion? It's true that Jesus' baptism was an epiphany for him and set the scene for his full-on ministry of teaching and healing and saving. May it also be true that this eight-week church season is an epiphany for us and sets the scene for our coming church life of witness and mission under our new rector and with the Holy Spirit's enabling.